Disciples don't wear capes, they wear mantles. Superheroes wear capes and the person that comes to mind as a superhero for me is Superman. He has his hands on his hips, uh, flexing his muscles and oftentimes looking over his shoulder with a steely look and his cape flapping in the wind behind him. And the cape of a superhero represents their strength, it represents their superpower and maybe even uh, the ability to fly. And I believe there are disciples who take on the same kind of model of discipleship. They're wearing capes rather than wearing mantles. And as they wear capes, they're doing things in their own strength. They're doing things sometimes for the applause of others. Uh, They're doing uh, their works sometimes to be seen by others of doing the right thing. Uh, And they sometimes are looking to save others through their own strengths uh, and uh, maybe even help uh, helpless cats down trees. They're wearing a cape. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but superheroes who wear capes, they don't seem to have a problem with this, but they wear their undies on the outside of their trousers. Uh, And others don't seem to have a problem with it either. And I think for disciples, sometimes they don't realize that when they're doing things in their own strength, they're actually wearing their undies on the outside. Uh, The very things that shouldn't be exposed, they're wearing on the outside. A mantle is different. A mantle is uh, carrying on the same assignment as the one before you. It also has, in in a simple form, it has carrying on the same heart and the same will and the same uh, storyline of that person. In a more complete sense, it carries on the same power and the same presence and spirit of that person. Disciples don't wear capes. They wear mantles. Followers of Jesus don't wear capes. They wear mantles. And we're going to have a look at a story this morning that comes out of the Old Testament. It's a shadow of what Jesus invites us into when it comes to carrying his presence, his assignment, his kingdom work. And this Old Testament story uh, is one that helps us to understand what it means to carry the mantle. It's the story of Elijah and Elisha. We find uh, this story comes out of two kings. uh, In fact, one kings chapter 19 and then later two kings chapter 2. And uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19, this story begins with the story of Elijah. He had been uh, on assignment all the time. He had been doing prophetic work to turn the hearts of a nation towards God. He was a nation who had become wicked, who had become self-absorbed and were running after other gods rather than uh, running after God in heaven, who is their father. And Elijah was on assignment to turn the hearts of the people. At his lowest point, he finds himself in the desert. His name has been put on the most wanted list. And the king had intended to uh, not just bring him to justice, but to kill him and to make an end of his life. And it's at this point that God uh, invites him up to a mountainside. This was the mountain that they called the mountain of God. It was a mountain where others had also met with God. And he went up to a place where there was a cutout in the mountain, a cave. And he met with God there, outlaying all of his heart, all of the things 
that he was uh, discouraged by in the time of adversity. Now, at this time, God meets him. The presence of God uh, in his glory comes past the face, the, the mouth of the cave. And in that moment, he whispers to Elijah and he begins to give him instructions of what is next. He tells him of a man to anoint, the man by the name of Elisha, to become the next prophet that would carry his mantle, that would carry on from him. In fact, the very uh, phrase to carry somebody's mantle comes from this story. We find it in this biblical story. So Elijah, we find at the start of chapter 19, finds Elisha, who is plowing his fields getting the fields ready for, for planting seed. He has two of his oxen in front of him and his plow is going. And Elijah, I imagine him running up to the side of, the, uh, of Elisha as he's plowing. He gets his mantle who looks, that looks a little bit like this, a hairy garment. And he places it on Elisha and places it over his shoulders as Elisha is plowing. And then he runs off. Now, Elisha, I imagine for him, in this moment, he realizes this is the mantle of Elijah. He's calling me to take up his mantle. All the things that race to his mind in the midst of that would be, this is the same man who opposed King Ahab and said to King Ahab, at my command, the rain will stop. Even dew will no longer be on the grass until such a time as I command it back again. And that was the case for years. This is the same man that in that drought came alongside a woman and her family who was about to uh, run out of food. And he said to her, quick, get many jars and let's pour oil out of one jar. And it multiplied into many jars. This is the same Elijah who raised a young boy who died back to life. This is the same Elijah who opposed 50 prophets of Baal and called down fire on his altar in front of the prophets of Baal, proving that God is the one true God. This is the same Elijah. And Elisha, in that moment with that mantle, he realizes this is a choice I need to make right here. At that time, he makes his choice. He runs after Elijah and he says, first, let me go and tell my mother and father that I'm going and to say goodbye. And of course, Elijah says, what have I done to you? Go. And so he goes and he shares with his family that he's about to take up the mantle of Elijah. In verse 21, it's really important that we pick this up because what he does in response is our response that we should have to Jesus calling us. Verse 21, so Elisha left him and went back he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Notice he, he gave everything away. Jesus, in a very similar sense, he calls us to take up his mantle and to come follow him. When he says, come follow me, he means it in the same sense as what Elijah has said to Elisha that we are going to carry on the same assignment with the same heart, the same will of God and the same presence and spirit that he carries. He calls us into the same thing. We find in Matthew chapter uh, 10. 
Matthew chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And what he's saying is he's calling us to a deeper uh, commitment to him. That our commitment would be one that lays down uh, the things that are in front of us. Now listen, when he came alongside Peter and he said, come follow me, this was exactly the same uh, picture, the same uh, invitation. It's as though he put his mantle over Peter and said, you can have exactly this. Uh, and, And Peter recognized him as the Messiah. He saw the fish come into his net. That was an impossible catch of fish. And he realizes he's given me the opportunity to take up his mantle. I'm selling my boats. I'm giving that family business away. I'm coming to follow him. Matthew, the tax collector, in a similar way, was working in his tax collector booth when Jesus came and said, come follow me. And he finds himself giving up all of those things in order to come follow him. It doesn't mean that you need to let go of your business or your workplace, but it does mean that anything that hinders you from taking up the mantle that Christ has, you are to put that aside. You are to sacrifice it. Uh, His oxen, I wonder what your oxen might be. Maybe it's comforts. Maybe it's securities. Maybe it's people that you don't want to lose in your life if you become a full-on radical for Jesus. Maybe it's that you find yourself going, uh, I don't know that I have what it takes. And so there's self-doubt and that's stopping you from taking up the mantle. It's not about you, it's about his mantle. Again, it could be that you've got excuses as to, uh, you don't realize there are so many things that I have to do right now. I don't have time for Jesus. Again, he's calling you to place those things aside, take a bold step of faith and to take up his mantle. Now, as uh, Elijah takes on Elisha as an apprentice. Later on, we pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 2. And by this stage, Elisha had been an apprentice of Elijah for seven years. He had been with him in a number of things where he had seen God at work and he was being called to a deeper level of the same heart to turn the hearts of people towards, uh, towards God himself. Mind you, this is the same picture uh, with John the Baptist. His assignment is said in the prophetic words leading up to him that an Elijah must come. John came in the spirit of Elijah. What was he doing? He was turning the hearts of the people towards their God and preparing them for the Messiah to come. Did you realize that John the Baptist, uh, he even wore the same clothing the same kind of clothing that was found in Elijah, a hairy garment with a leather belt around his waist. He actually did the ministry at the same place that Elijah finished doing his ministry at the Jordan River and seeing people respond to God. Now let's pick up the story here with Elijah and Elisha. Now Elijah says to Elisha, stay here. The Lord is saying, I need to go to Bethel, the township of Bethel. Elisha responds, he says, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. I will go with you. And so the two of them went. And by the time they got to Bethel, uh, prophets from Bethel came out from a school of prophets. And they said to Elisha, the Lord is saying he is going to take your master away from you today. Wow. 
Elisha realizes this is an important day. The mantle is about to be passed to me. I must not let go of it. I want you to hear that, uh, that there is a calling to us in this story and also in Christ's story to press in. He's looking for people who are pressing even against uh, all kinds of obstacles. Again, Elijah says to Elisha, the Lord has told me you are to stay here. I'm to go to Jericho. Again, he responds, surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. The two of them go again to the next township, to Jericho. And as they get to Jericho, again, a school of prophets come out and they begin to say something very familiar to Elisha, the master Uh, So your master, God has said, your master will be taken away from you today. Uh, Elisha at this point is realizing this is definitely happening. This is not a coincidence. This is now the second time I've heard that same uh, statement that my master is going today. Again, Elijah turns to Elisha and says, the Lord is telling me you are to stay here. I'm to go to the uh, Jordan River. And so uh, again, Elisha says this time even more resolute. Surely as as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. He's thinking, this is now the time I'm pressing in. They get to the Jordan River. And again, the prophets from Jericho, they state the same things again to him. He gets his mantle. Elijah grabs his mantle. He rolls it up and he strikes the river. And as he strikes the river, it parts it to the right and also to the left. And they walk across on dry ground, a miracle of miracles right in front of Elisha. Had Elisha not gone with him and said, I'll catch up with you later, he would have missed this moment. In fact, he would not have been able to get to the other side of the river Jordan in time to be able to see his master go. As he gets to the other side of the river, Elijah turns to Elisha and says, what can I do for you? Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. Notice this is what Elijah responds to that request. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. In other words, this is not mine to give you. Sure, he carries the anointing and he wants to partner with God to impart that anointing to him. But he recognizes this is God's to give. If he wants you to have it, he will also make it possible that you see me go up in the clouds and you will have what you've asked for. And so they continue walking on and talking. And then all of a sudden, chariots of fire from the, uh, the heavens with a fiery horsemen leading the chariots come down and sweeping down. They part Elijah and Elisha. It's, it would have been the most incredible sight. And then taking Elijah into the chariot, uh, he goes up in a whirlwind-like fashion up into the heavens, leaving his mantle on the ground. And Elisha looks up and he says, my father, my father, speaking of Elijah, the horsemen and uh, chariots of heaven. And he realizes this is the moment. He takes his uh, garment that he's wearing and he takes it off and he rips it in two. I'm not going to do that with my shirt. But then he takes the mantle of Elijah and he places it in front of him. He says, uh, and he he coils it up and he strikes the river with it. Listen to this in verse uh, 13 and 14. He says, Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. 
He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Then uh, the company of the prophets, verse 15, from Jericho, who were watching, said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. They noticed that this is the same spirit. Now, if Elijah had, sorry, if Elisha had not pressed in, he would not have received the double portion. God is looking for people who will press in. Jesus is looking for disciples who will press in. He said to his disciples, stay here and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. In saying that, he's saying, press in in prayer. Take a hold of what is yours. The mantle is for you. You need to wait for that mantle. And he calls us into that. We find in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Jesus says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and the violent people, sorry, and violent people have been raiding it or taking it by force. Here he's saying that the kingdom of God, the mantle that you see on Jesus, the, the power and presence that is on him, the same will and assignment that's on him is for the taking. You can take a hold of it, but it requires pressing in. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Uh, and I'm going to read to you out of the Revised Standard Version. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show his might in behalf of those whose heart is blameless towards him. He's looking to show his strength through people who are hungering, whose hearts are drawing down on heaven. They're drawing down on and pressing in for the things that he has for them through Christ Jesus. He's looking for those uh, that he can show his strength through. He's looking to you to show strength through you. And he's looking to hearts that are blameless toward him. In other words, they've given everything up in order to take a hold of what he has for them. Later on, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says to his disciples that if he goes to be with the Father, which he's going to do, it's best for them, for he's sending the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say that they will do even greater things than what they have seen him do. I find it fascinating that the picture of Elijah to Elisha the double portion, it was really evident. If you were to read the rest of Elisha's uh, ministry, there was uh, a, certainly an increase in the uh, power and presence and outcomes of what God was doing through Elisha. And Jesus is saying something in a very similar fashion. The, the mantle that is being placed on you, you will do even greater things. The anointing that's going to be placed on you will be even greater than what you've seen already placed in me. I'm wondering, are you wearing a cape or are you wearing a mantle? Have you uh, been able to put your oxen and your plow aside and to sacrifice that or are you still holding on to it? I have a picture of maybe Jesus coming up with his mantle and placing it on certain people today and uh, they're doing their work and, and as it were, they kind of don't realize how great the mantle of Jesus actually is and they end up putting it on the side and just saying, I might take that up one day, uh, but I've got these things to do. I, you know, it might, maybe it might be something that I might do later on. You can't wear his mantle uh, on a Sunday and put it away on a, on a Monday. 
You can't just half wear his mantle on one shoulder and not the other. He's calling you to a life of following him. A life that gives everything of yourself to him. Listen in Romans uh, chapter 11. Sorry, Romans chapter 13, rather, verse 14. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. The context of this is uh, clothing yourself with Christ with the same love and compassion, the same heart that he has, the same uh, desires and will that he has, rather than going after your own desires. We find in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, Something very similar. For all of you were baptized into Christ, sorry, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Uh, And in this context, he's saying it's not of what you've done in the past or things that perhaps even disqualify you in the past to wearing his mantle, but it's actually about uh, being baptized into him. You become clothed with Christ himself. Think of that picture. Are you clothed with Christ? Is the mantle of him on you in such a way that you're following him uh, in a way that's the same assignment, the same will, the same power, the same uh, courage and boldness. And he's calling you to step out into that and to clothe yourselves with him. Are you clothed with him or are you wearing a cape? Maybe your cape or your oxen has to do with your own comforts or your, your own securities has to do with uh, building your own, uh, your own desires or your own business, your own prosperity. Maybe it's to do with relationships that you're not willing to let go of. He's calling you. Take off the cape. Sacrifice the oxen. Sacrifice the plow. Come follow me. Come and leave those things and take up the mantle that's greater than any other thing you could take a hold of. I have an assignment for you. The world needs to hear of my glory. And they need to hear of it through you. There are people that you know that he's wanting you to reach. And he needs you to step in, press in, take a hold of his mantle. So I just want you to do something just now as we close. I'd love for you just to close your eyes. And just to uh, imagine with me that Jesus comes to you. And uh, just as your eyes are shut, just imagine he comes with his mantle. He places it on your shoulders. And as he places it on your shoulders, he says to you, come follow me. That mantle, I want you just to take a moment, just like Elisha would have when he was on his plow. And I want you to think through, what does that mantle represent? What have I read of Jesus that I see on him, the mantle of the Holy Spirit and who God is, the presence of God on him? The power and authority to command spirits to leave and uh, they are delivered. A person is delivered. The same power and authority to draw somebody in, to offer forgiveness, to restore them and to lead them into a transformed life. The same uh, mantle that that, uh, came with great cost to be a servant of others. What does that mantle mean to you? And then I want you to respond to Jesus' invitation. And maybe there's some things that you need to lay down. Maybe there's some capes that you've been wearing. Maybe there's some oxen and plough that you've been holding on to. And he's calling you to give it up now. I want you to respond to him. I'm just going to pray for you. 
Father God, I ask that for every single person who has laid down their oxen, who has laid down their plow, who has taken up the mantle, that you would give them, Lord God, Lord, um, just a measure of your presence that overwhelms them, even right now, in the name of Jesus. I just declare over them that they would go on the fullness of who you are. Lord God, that they would be as Elisha, uh, putting it to practice straight away, where they strike the river and they declare, this is in the name of Jesus, the one whom I carry the mantle of. Father God, I pray that you would give them divine appointments where the mantle of Christ is taken into places to set people free, to lead them to truth, and to call them into a life of devotion to you also. Lord God, I pray for those who are sitting on the fence right now, or even somebody who has has even grown up in a Christian home, but they've never actually chosen to follow you. They know of you, they believe in you, but they've never chosen to follow you and to leave other things behind. Lord God, I pray that you give them the boldness today, right now, Lord God, to make that decision, to place their faith in you, the Son of God, and to take a hold of your mantle. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.